The Green Tech Boat Show with MDL Marinas. The Green Tech Boat Show on the 19th and 20th of June is fast approaching. Taking place at MDL's Queen Anne's Battery in Plymouth, the event will see over 25 exhibitors displaying some of the most innovative and green tech marine-based hardware ever brought together in one place. I'm Kerry Herford-Jones and for this podcast, I'll be talking to some of the incredible eco-businesses that will be on hand at the event, including Roger Eldergill from SA Green Fitness, who'll tell us about turning our own exercise into usable power. Charlie Hall from Pixie Boats, whose mission is to produce 100% electric-powered boats, all built from recyclable materials. John Partridge from RS Electric Boats, whose incredible ribs incorporate some of the most advanced electric propulsion technology available. Plus, we'll meet up with Wayne Peters and George Symes Davidson from North Devon Marine, who talk about how they've converted their own diesel-powered boats to electric propulsion in their efforts to achieve net zero emissions. First up, though, is the man whose job it is to bring this whole event together, Tim Mayer from MDL Marinas. And I asked Tim how the event was all coming together. It is now set to be an absolutely fantastic show. At the moment, some of the exhibitors, which you'll be able to see here, are sailing and they're bringing in their new Pulse 58 electric rib. So that is really exciting. Um, We have also got North Devon Marine exhibiting a couple of boats. One of them is a really nice oyster, which is being fully converted, as well as a Contessa 32, I think it is, which is also using sustainable technology. We've got eVoyager, which was one of the first electric um, boat taxis. We've got Art Marine coming now. Art Marine are fascinating really. Now they were established in Brixham in 2015 and they are all about saving the coral reefs. So they've got this fantastic artificial reef system which will be used to make sure that declining areas can start to build reef systems again. On top of that we've got Aqua Super Panna, Aqua Super Power will have a live demo and you'll be able to use it of a super fast boat charger. We've got Pixie Boats that are going to be on the land talking about their electric boats we've got vulcan industries coming um, who do some really fantastic stuff in terms of drive propulsion and components so if you're trying to convert your own boat you'll be talking to those guys about some of the components you're going to need and you've also got people like the RYA have really got involved with this now, haven't they, in the Green Blue? Yeah, the Green Blue have got a stand there. So if you want to find out more about what they do, it's a great opportunity to come down and talk to them. We've also got e-propulsion that are coming through CDT Marina. They're talking all about sort of electric propulsion and the amount of kit you can do for that, as are Fisher Panda that are there showcasing hybrid technologies. Marine energy systems are going to be there with um, Whisper systems. So that's all around AC and DC generators solar panels etc we've got sports art which are a fitness company now the reason there there is we are launching mdl fitness at the same venue that is using sports equipment which as you're using it starts to generate electricity that goes back into the grid we've got all spas that are a tenants qab and they'll be able to talk to you all about your rigging and how to make that as good as possible and we've also got the rnli coming who are going to be doing a life jacket survey we've got comrade project which which is an 18th century boat, which I think it was one of the first to ever be converted to full electric. All these exhibitors have come together for this particular event because it has got a unique theme running through the middle of it. This really is the, the very cutting edge of green tech, Tim, isn't it? Absolutely, it is, and it's so cutting edge. We've recently been asked to partner and have partnered with Marathon UK Southwest 
and who are running their clean marathon summit at the event and the day before on the Friday. If you are interested in trying to make your own boating more green or if you're looking at getting into boating and you'd like to do it in a sustainable way this is the show to come and have a look at i think i'm confident in saying this is going to be the first time in uk history that we've got all of these green and sustainable companies in one place so customers can come and see everything that's available at the same time Plymouth, a great venue for this kind of event, isn't it? It is, and it's been made even better from the support that we've been given from um, Plymouth Council. We've also got support from Plymouth University, who are actually there displaying as well with the Maritime UK Southwest, and they're supporting the eVoyager. So people wanting to attend, the actual booking is now live on the MDL website? Yes, go to mdlmarinas.co.uk and they can uh, click register for a ticket. And that will allow them into the event at any of the days, 19th or 20th of June. It's all free for attendees to come along to. Parking, plenty of it? Yeah, there's parking at the venue itself, but then there's also multi-storey a couple of minutes away, so parking is no problem. There is also um, some F&B at the venue with socially distant tables and table service, and I think we are now just talking about some live music as well, so there'll be some live music hopefully playing from the balcony where the new sustainable gym is. So you've mentioned there social distancing, safety for everybody is paramount to this kind of setup, isn't it? Absolutely it is, and you know, we, we have run all our events as safely as possible. And as we've just finished the South Coast Boat Show, which was completely COVID safe. We've been working with Plymouth Local Authority to make sure that our event management plan is as good as it can be. And to be fair, I think we've probably gone above and beyond. Sounds all brilliant, Tim. A final word from you. Why should people come along? Look, the reality is this isn't the future anymore. We've all got to take time out and work out what we can do on a day to make the planet a more green and better place to be for the future. I think we've all seen the devastating impacts of climate change and fundamentally all of us in the marine industry work or take pleasure in an environment which doesn't do anything particularly positive for the environment. So this for me is a very small step but one that all leisure marine um, users should start to take. So if you're interested in it, you want to find out about it, you want to see some of the best businesses the UK have to offer that work within this space, you need to get yourself along to Queensland Battery on the um, 19th and 20th of June. The show opens its doors at nine in the morning. SA Green Fitness will also be at the Green Tech Boat Show. And I met up earlier with Roger Eldergill and I asked him to tell us more about his business and its green credentials. From our perspective, we're a sustainable company working in the health and fitness uh, industry based in the UK. We work alongside lots of chosen partners. Uh, we've got a combined experience of over 25 years. And for us, it's about a passion and a drive that we have um, to try to expose all our customer bases to a unique turnkey value um, proposition that we have that will hopefully help change the health and fitness industry to, you know, saving, making a greener planet, saving CO2 emissions and so forth. And it's suitable for businesses and for home use as well. And the whole premise, as you say, is all about being environmentally friendly. But here you're genuine. You're putting something back into the grid, aren't you? Yes, we are. Yeah, we're, we're very um, fortunate to be the distributors for a company called SportsArt. So SportsArt as a company have been producing, manufacturing innovative equipment for over 40 years. Now, one of their special products 
which MDL Fitness have purchased is called EcoPower. Now EcoPower is a solution when the user works out up to 74% of the kinetic energy that they generate, so this is treadmills, bikes, steppers, pushes that power back to the local grid, which in simple term means that the user, the members of the facility, are going to be offsetting the energy costs within the building. And it is, as you say, a unique solution. We're very excited about the partnership with MDL Fitness and the fact that they've realised that this is a great opportunity for them. Great opportunity, as you say, for yeah. all the partners and those that are getting involved and putting their blood, sweat and tears uh, into this. <laughs> yes. a, a fairly obvious question. Why, therefore, exhibit at this year's Green Tech Boat Show? What we're looking to do is, firstly, to support our partner, MDL Fitness, and ensure that we can obviously expose all the potential members who are looking at coming down. Unfortunately, the equipment won't be installed on the day of the event, but we're gonna have a couple of pieces of equipment with us where the user can get on and actually physically see how it works, recharge their mobile phones if they wish. We're gonna have competitions involved as well. And it's just getting that message out there to support MDL Fitness. And therefore, that's what you're bringing to the show. But also, you're going to be, I presume, therefore, passing on this message about what the future of fitness looks like. Absolutely. We are. And, and in essence, it's, it's an interesting experience at the moment. As I say, we've been involved for 20 odd years myself, working in various health clubs and working for other manufacturers and so forth. But when you look like a city like Plymouth, who have got targets like most cities, the climate crisis that's around us, and they're looking to reduce the CO2 emissions by 50% by 2034. Well, this is an example of how the individuals, businesses based around the city of Plymouth can actually not only get fit and benefit from a personal perspective, but also help cut those CO2 emissions by pushing back the watts to the local grid. So we're going to have people now listening to this podcast today. Roger, who shall we go? Shall we go? What's your message to, to people thinking about actually attending the show itself? Well, we're very excited, as, as I say, as a distributor for the sports art products and other health and fitness equipment to be there and also to experience for the first time what the actual Green Tech Boat Show is going to be about. But I think going back to the year where we've been, the opportunity to see all the various partners are going to be involved, some fresh air down on the quayside and so forth. I think it will be a missed opportunity if they don't actually get out enjoy the fun the excitement of being at this event and just see the technology that's out there and the innovation now who's going to be manning the stand representing your company well we're going to have a couple of people down there from our company myself i will be there and a couple of colleagues as well and we're hopeful to have another colleague coming in from um, switzerland also to be involved so we're, we really are going to be fully fledged in the sense of enough people around to help answer all the questions the answers that uh, we can supply we from a fitness perspective it goes without saying that the benefits of fitness have been proven mm. and again it's something that we, we like to walk the walk and talk the talk <laughs> literally in your case absolutely and that sustainability that 360 it's i can tell it's it's absolutely the heart of everything you do i, I it's so important that we do understand about what's happening um, to our planet and we can all make a difference. And these are a small example. So for us, SA Green Fitness is the vehicle and the opportunity to share with lots of other like-minded people. Then it was the turn of Charlie Hall from Pixie Boats. And I asked him, why should boat owners consider alternatives to fossil fuels at this moment in time? 
I think we're at a bit of a crescendo with regard to moving from different energy for propelling vessels. I know we've got wind for sails, but all the other pieces of the puzzle need to be updated as well. And as we all know, unfortunately, fossil fuels pollute the uh, internal combustion engine for all of its amazing things that it does, and I'm very impressed with it, is uh, quite a a dirty thing to get your hands around when you have to come and maintain it. And then also, unfortunately, getting this stuff out of the ground is getting more costly as time goes by, so it's always going to be costing more with regard to fuel. So I think that fossil fuels and, and the internal combustion engine is a bit of a as I'd like to think of it as a bit of a sunset asset, as in they're going to get less popular as uh, time goes by in the next 10, 20 years. And the other issue that we need to start considering as well is regulations. You can see what's going on in the automotive industry with regard to being able to sell internal combustion engines. By 2030, are going to be banned. And I can see that the sounds that are being made in the uh, marine industry. So when you go to ports or marinas, they're going to start... I believe, banning internal combustion engines. And I think they're doing that in uh, Monaco already. So it's not all doom and gloom. I'm not trying to you know, paint an awful picture. But electrification is a different way of doing things. We can have zero pollution if you get your energy from renewable sources. And, uh, and I've got some interesting progress on the uh, supercharging of our vessels and where they're going to be kept. Electric vessels typically have about 90% less maintenance costs compared to conventional uh, combustion engines. Typically all you need to do is uh, keep your vessel clean and for, for our pixies at least maintain the impeller because we've got a jet drive system that we're, we're using on ours. And that's pretty much it. Everything else, it, there's no, there's only one other moving part which is the motor. Everything else is sealed away. You don't have to touch it. You don't have to worry about it. It'll keep on going. And so yeah, lots of lots less to go wrong and that's quite important when you're out on the water, especially out in the sea, knowing that you've got confidence in the in the boat that you're in and yeah. uh, keeping yourself, your family or friends safe. Yes. And and it is about that practicality because it's all very well having this vision and the the desire and also this the cost implications to come into this. But it is about the practicalities. So tell me more about the supercharge element you were just mentioning there. Well, yeah, so, so we're at a very uh, early stages of talking with a supercharging company. And we're envisaging upgrading a lot of, because luckily marinas have got lots of electricity running around them anyway. So it's upgrading their energy system so we can supercharge our vessels. So rather than taking between five to eight hours to do a, a full charge on a standard um, household plug, you're talking more like 20 minutes, 20 to 40 minutes or so. And so we're working with them so that all the major marinas will be interfacing with these uh, these superchargers. And that sort of removes a hell of a big problem with electricity uh, or electric companies. But getting rid of range anxiety, if you know that whatever marina you go to, that you've got a supercharger waiting and you can charge it very quickly and enjoy your day at the marina you're at and then know you can get back home. Mm. That's absolutely really important as a factor for changing over to electric. Mm. And then Savvy Navi, who I'm a great big fan of, and I use them for sailing as well. We're working with them to develop our range finding for our electric vessels so we get rid of any range fear or range anxiety. Because they're so brilliant in calculating what the currents and winds are doing, you can find that if you're going into the wind and the currents that you may not meet or might not be able to get to that harbour that you're hoping yeah. to get to. 
So you may need to turn around. So it just removes that anxiety of, oh, you're halfway through Lime Bay or something and you're not going to get quite to Weymouth, for example. You, you know where to go. You, you don't have to get halfway and then find out you're stuck. Yeah. So, yeah, getting rid of these problems is, uh, is really paramount for us and obviously communicating them to the wider public so that they know that these problems are, are being dealt with. So it's, it's really, from what you're saying, and I get a sense of this, it's this balance between high-tech, practicality, doing the right thing, getting rid of the fossil fuels wherever we can, but integrating it in with the marinas as well. So this is a real collaborative approach, which is going to need all parties to come to the party, literally and metaphorically, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what I'm really looking forward to for this Green Tech Boat Show, is that it's going to be a lot of like-minded people interested in this innovation and collaborating and sharing ideas and showing examples of what we're doing, obviously, with our pixie boats, but then everybody else who's got something useful to bring to the front of our mind. And yeah, make something really interesting happen off the back of it. And we'll get we'll all get there together. We're all in the same boat, as it were. Yes. Yeah, let's, let's yes. do it all together, for sure. And and how unique is what Pixie Electric are offering? How how unique a company do you think you are, Charlie? Well, what we're doing is we're taking a little bit of a different angle. So in the design process of our Pixie vessels, we are using a method called circular economy. So the whole life cycle of the vessel is considered. And that's why we're using aluminium as our hull material because that can be 100% recycled into whatever else it needs to be when the vessel eventually inevitably will come to the end of its life. We're also using class-leading batteries. When we're talking to our, our prospects and our, our potential clients, we talk about battery optimization, which type of batteries that we can use, what's out there, so we can design to the uh, the client's specific specifications of what they want to use, if it's a first, first-life battery or a second-life battery. And we will, with recycling and so on, it's always good to have the option of reusing batteries if they're, they're just going to be going and being recycled into something else. We can just use them again. Our Pixies, we are running a jet drive system. I don't know if I mentioned earlier, but we are based in Mudderford, which has got a very shallow draft in the harbour. And it means that we'll be able to use our vessels in very shallow drafts. So you can get into nooks and crannies on your explorations and whatever else you're going to use the, the vessels for. But it also means that they're extremely safe compared to having a big old propeller mincing things as it goes through the water, which we're very uh, keen on making sure that we make very safe vessels as uh, as well as very uh, fast vessels. Final question for today's podcast. Those that are perhaps thinking of attending, why should they come along and what are they going to see? The best thing about it is you're going to meet a lot of like-minded people who are fascinated with how to do something, how to make something better. So a lot of the innovators and originators, I think, are going to be at this boat show, which I'm really excited about because there's going to be so many good ideas flying about. Also represented at the Green Tech Boat Show will be RS Electric Boats. And I met up with John Partridge, the CEO, to ask him to tell us more about the company and what it's bringing to market. RS Sailing, over the last 20-odd years or so, has developed and grown to be the largest small sailboat manufacturer in the world and about 18 months ago we embarked on a journey to bring an electric rib to to the market. So let's just uh, dig a little deeper into the business. Uh, Who's involved in making all these technological advancements that you are doing? So I, I run the company with my colleague Alex Southern. Alex very much looks after the technical and the development side of our business. I look after more the operations, sales and marketing and finance. A couple of years ago, we were approached by a few people in within the industry who were quite forward thinking, saying, look, electric boating is coming. And 
probably what electric boating is going to require is very efficient hull shapes probably built in lightweight construction technique using lightweight construction techniques and kind of that's what rs has done for many years is we build efficient hull shapes to drive sailboats so using a, a few of our sort of sailboat designers that we that, that we normally work with we started developing a series of hull forms which we to understand how we create stability and efficiency to give electric boating a chance i think pretty much what is a given is just adding electric propulsion onto current hull forms and designs is quite challenging and we kind of embarked on the route of we need an end-to-end -end solution to this it's about the hull form it's about the drive chain how do we join it all up and create something that's kind of integrated and gives you the efficiency you need and that's what's driven us to this point today and so, in sort of simple terms, if you will, how revolutionary is it that, that what you've now created? In one sense, it's not particularly revolutionary. In terms of what we've worked very hard to do is not create too many news. So we have looked into other industries or other products and tried to just pull bits of technology that have been proven together to create the boat. But I think in one sense, when you take it in the whole, it's a step forward. How far a step forward we think is a good step forward. Other people may not think it's quite so far, but it's definitely changed the game of small electric boats or small boats in general because of the, sort of the package items we've brought together the batteries we've tried to work with a very well-known partner that's got a very proven product and that, that kind of ethos has run through the boat that we're just trying to use proven technology and integrate it in a way which allows us to get to market quickly and and we and we are and we are assured of some of the reliability yeah, this is always the issue, isn't it? And we've spoken to a few people in the lead-up to the Green Tech Boat Show uh, about this fusion, as you say, of hull, engine, the cutting edge of technology, the batteries, of course, but then there's the reliability factor. And dare I bring it into the equation, John, the cost. It's, it's a real challenge you've got in front of you. Yeah, I think cost is certainly is at a different level to standard combustion engine boats at, at this kind of level. We think... At the price point we're we're working to, we are, I think we are viable. If you were to look at the life cycle costs of servicing and the cost of refueling, adding that all up together, I think it definitely gets it closer than perhaps some people realize it, realizing it. And I think cost will only go in one direction. Electric cars have reduced in value, and I believe that we will be able to eventually bring it to a slightly lower cost price point but from our experience of the market over the last 18 months there is enough interest and enough organizations out there that are, are either passionate about improving their effect on our environment or they have no choice but to do something because the, the operation they, they work in 
has dictated that they've either got to be zero emissions or the piece of water they operate on has banned combustion engines and, and, and there's lakes across the world where that has happened and that's only going to continue to grow. So there's certainly a vast opportunity out there and we're excited to be a part of that journey. Sounds really interesting and you are, as you say, right at the cutting edge of this. The customer feedback, what's the feedback been so far that you've been getting from the end users? As we bring the product to market and as we go through some of the finer detail, we are obviously the feedback we get, we're refining and making sure we're fit for purpose. So far, the feedback of anyone that's got on board the Pulse, they all love it. It offers a dry and a stable ride. It's a completely different feeling to your traditional rib, where I'm sure those of us that have driven ribs or small motorboats understand what it feels like at eight to 10 knots when you're just pushing vast sums of water and you're not actually planing. Well, our whole shape means we, you don't experience that feeling. You transition between displacement and planing mode in a very different kind of way where it just glides between the two. So the experience from the ride is wonderful. The fact that you have no zero noise has a big impact as well. It's so quiet. So you remove an outboard engine from the, the back of a boat. You also create all this space because there's no cabling or all the other things that take up the space on the back of a boat. It feels so much cleaner in the environment you're in. And it, we like to use the term kind of enjoy the journey because quite often at medium speeds in a planing hull it can be pretty uncomfortable for a passenger and with our hull form we've taken that away it's just a it's, you glide rather than play what's the next chapter in the book of uh, development for yourselves well we're just ironing out some of the issues with the system it is new we are trying to ensure reliability which is involved a huge amounts of testing we're on track to start production relatively soon and we're really pleased with that from our side the development goes we start to flip from boat development and into sort of market and sales development so very focused on building a global dealership network and building partners around the world who can help us resell this product and while we're talking partners, it's time to bring in the MDL Connection and the Green Tech Boat Show. Uh, excited? Looking forward to the show, I would imagine. Absolutely. Um, MDLs is a great organisation who have partnered with RS Sailing through some of the activities we're involved with, helping to provide the, the British Killboat League events. We, we use their, some of their marinas for a couple of those events, and they are key to ensuring those events can happen and we can attract as many people as possible. Obviously, MDL has a passion around the environment and how we clean up and make marinas more sustainable and electric boating is very much their focus. And we're really excited about going to the show, showing off what we've created and understanding, talking to visitors all day long about the tech that we've created and how it would work within their environment. And again, whether that's a leisure or a commercial user, we believe we have something for everybody. That's amazing. Uh, who's going to be on the stand, John? I will be there for one day, not sure which day yet. And my colleague, a guy called Andy Andrews, will be there to talk people through the boat. And to complete our lineup of guests for today's Green Tech Boat Show podcast, I met up with North Devon Marine, represented by Wayne Peters and George Symes Davidson. And I asked them to tell us about how they converted their own sailing boats 
from fossil fuels to electric propulsion, which they're bringing to this show. I accepted the project a couple of years ago, and at the beginning of last year, I decided to take a, a life's work really in engineering, and specifically the last 10 years of renewable energy engineering and focus that into a marine initiative based around the North Devon biosphere. The objective of the project uh, really was to find out how and what is required to get to net zero. The privilege of, of a very lovely sailing boat. I wanted to do some further studies in regards to plastic waste in the channel and also enhance the engineering of the boat when I was looking at a very leaky, very smelly, very dirty diesel engine. So I took the diesel engine out, I fitted an prototype electric drive system and I didn't want to rely on diesel as a backup for that system. So I pooled my experience and knowledge to set that vessel up to be able to do uh, the sorts of work I wanted to be doing in this area and do it without relying on fossil fuel at all. That's evolved into now a, a consortium, a network of collaborators and, and stakeholders where we're looking at the, the future uh, of maritime here on the Bristol Channel, what potential we have for net zero propulsion and energy transfer systems and how that reflects with an awareness and ocean literacy campaign to the actions we take day to day to improve the general environment. So we're here after a, a long spell last year in preparation, looking forward to launching it in, in the next few weeks uh, and specifically at your show actually. So the timing for the show is actually pretty good from your point of view then Wayne? Yeah, it's been uh, a long time since we've been able to get out uh, and meet people and discuss freely and openly what our issues are and, and what we need to do to resolve them so looking forward to uh, a launch day and then having this show come along that we could support and that you could support us for what will be a, a cracking summer is, is a really good timing but everybody's really optimistic and everybody's coming out the other side so there's a real change in perception i think in regards to the way the world works and what's going on and we're going to try and do whatever we can to enhance that message and and yeah and build a profile to, to, to help us reach the goals we need to do George, the practicalities of this boat, how does it work from your perspective? Yeah, I mean, I think an electric boat should suit our sailing style quite well, to be honest with you. A sailing boat, its primary method of propulsion is, of course, wind. And in comparison to the old diesel we had in here, I don't even think that ever really reached operating temperature. We didn't run it long enough. It certainly wasn't overly reliable. So, yeah, it completely made sense for us. I think, and really, on boats, engines are run either for a fairly long amount of time or they're used for 10 or 15 minutes to get in and out of a marina. And so it doesn't really suit the life cycle of a diesel very well. It's much more better suited to electric propulsion in that sense. So from a practical point of view, so far so good? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we both live on the boat full time. We've had a lot of work to do whilst living and working aboard well so that's been tricky to manage but yeah from just the boat's perspective yeah it's grand. Wayne when you're looking at this in a practical uh, environment which you, you have to do in, in the boating circles this feedback you're getting from George actually living it reading it, working it, that's absolutely a, a real classic test bed, isn't it? Well, we've both got electric yachts. The reason why I bought my Contessa was to be able to perform as she should. She's an offshore sailboat, a racing boat. She's nearly 40 years old, but she can handle moving around this area by only using the natural resources. So I don't need a diesel engine if I'm willing to 
except when I move her around, it complements the, the weather I'm getting at the time. So the, the data fetch that we will get this year for running these electric boats is, is invaluable, really. The people's experience and perception of switching from fossil fuels to electric and what the technology needs to do to catch up with these demands is critical to our program. The majority of the work that's involved when we're out there doing what we do is taking the data, trialing different methods, accessing technologies that allow us to confidently move around with weather systems so we're not relying on a switch of a key and then bringing that data back to base, analysing it and find out where the shortfalls are, what needs to be done to enhance it and what possibly could do as range extension, you know, to increase the energy storage that we, we have on board. So the feedback in general really is invaluable. It's a primary point of focus for the project. George, it's not all sweetness and light. Uh, these things come with a degree of concern and range anxiety. Is that at the back of your mind? Absolutely. And that's what we're doing, really. There is not much information out there, really, for consumers of this technology. And we feel that by doing all this to test and really, like Wayne said, gathering data and information on it, consumers will be able to make informed choices when they better understand the limitations of it. Like we said before, for, for sailing boats, it's really ideal. The technology is improving all the time. And in future, when there's even higher density energy storage forms, all boats potentially could benefit from that so yeah at the moment applicable across a vast the market and it's getting better all the time so let's look in a bit more detail wayne about the partnership with people like mdl because you you clearly need to have the marinas on board with superchargers uh, being literally the infrastructure needs to be in place to support this endeavor doesn't it yeah absolutely we've been working with the Marine Business Technology Centre in Plymouth for, for quite some time on this point exactly. Infrastructure for both land and sea, as we've seen with the rollout of electric uh, vehicles and, and the, the obvious elephant in the room there where there's not enough charging stations to, to deliver the range. You know, what we're doing on, on the water, everything from the awareness and the data pooling as well, is helping to make informed choices on land. And the marinas need to be able to adapt and quite quickly. And then infrastructure that's not there yet in regards to vessel movements outside side of our, of our sailing vessels, freight and passenger movement needs to be uh, developed with that in mind as well. There's, there's a real platform of ideas pooling uh, to lay on the table to, to try and de- determine what the next level of infrastructure on land should be and how that can influence our time on the water. So. Green Tech Boat Show coming up, gentlemen. George, who's going to be on the stand? So yeah, me and, and Wayne will both be there with our boats as well. Nazca, Wayne's boat and Mahuhu and my boat. I imagine my partner will to be around Sinead as well most likely she wouldn't miss an opportunity to look around some, some shiny new tech and how excited is North Devon Marine to be able to showcase at a specialist so such as this Wayne it's really good what you're doing and what you've put together is exactly what the industry needs we need open platforms we need the networking we need people to work together and share ideas and share the vision for for what is a sustainable future for boating so it's an excellent achievement in a difficult time i will say that to uh, to the mdl team and and yeah it's it's going to be a great show there's going to be you know we're going to have lots of visitors we'll, we'll be we'll obviously be manning our own boats and discussing everything from the conservation work we're doing to the technology we're trialing at sea we're going to have quite a few visitors pop in and say hello as well so yeah it should be a really good networking event and yeah it's gonna be good as first off hopefully there's many more and that concludes this special edition of the green tech boat show podcast as we look forward to the event taking place on the 19th and 20th of june at queen anne's battery to be at the event just go online to mdr marina's boat shows today and book your free tickets we really look forward to seeing you there and thank you for listening to this podcast the green tech boat show with mdl marinas 